Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I sometimes find myself wondering how to prepare for a certain situation. Sometimes there's such overwhelming encounters that we're going to have with another person or a meeting that feels really significant and might give us some sense of trepidation and anxiety or going to a place going to a a place that has some kind of enormous significance for us and sometimes we just sort of arrive there randomly and don't prepare you know a few weeks ago in the Torah when when Yaakov arrives in that place, when Jacob arrives in that place, that ends up being the place where he has the dream of the ladder of the angels. It says that he, Gasham, he like came, he happened to come to this place. He happened to come to this place. But sometimes I think there are ways that we consciously prepare for the enormity of what might happen. I felt when I was in Eastern Europe, I, I had no idea how to prepare for going to Auschwitz. And I got there and it just sort of, it was indescribable how it impacted me. And maybe there's, in that situation, something that extreme, there, there is no way to prepare. But what about when we are preparing to meet, to meet people? Especially if we are feeling kind of vulnerable and even desperate in a certain situation. There's this extraordinary moment at the beginning of this parasha as we come towards the end of the book of Bereshit of Genesis with Yehuda, Judah, who is entering into the presence of his brother Joseph without knowing that he's his brother. And there's something about this encounter that has profound significance. The circumstances that surround it are that the younger brother Benjamin is is locked up in jail and Judah feeling overwhelmed by remorse for what they had done to their to their brother is sort of pleading he's pleading for Benjamin's life and the first words of this magnificent uh, speech or rather the first words of the parsha that lead into his speech are vayigash alav yehuda vayigash alav yehuda and Judah approached him Judah approached him. And there's something about that idea of approach. In Hebrew, the word mifgash is an encounter. An encounter, and an encounter is not just something random. An encounter is where we sort of open ourselves to the fullness of what a particular meeting might be. Kedushat Levi, Rabbi Levi Yitzhak of Badichev, says that actually Yehuda represents Knesset Yisrael, represents the Jewish people. And Yosef represents Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Joseph represents God. And so there's this idea that this is not just a meeting, although it is a meeting, of course, between two brothers, but it's also an indication of the intensity with which we enter into prayer. I've talked before about the three steps that we take into prayer. Um, the tradition tells us that before we pray the Amidah, which is our central prayer that uh, traditional Jews say three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, that there are these three steps into the experience of prayer. 
as if we're entering into a different kind of reality. The rabbis say, Ki'ilu ata omed lifnei melech basavadam, as if you are standing in front of a king of flesh and blood, a human king. But the whole notion of a king is not such such an easy notion, but it's not really about the king, it's about our emotional and spiritual response to what it would be like to be in the presence of a force that has power over life and death. Most of us don't, those of us who have a relationship to prayer or spiritual practice of any kind, I, I think find that, that concept pretty daunting. You imagine if every time we prayed, we imagined that we were standing before a force that had the power over life and death, a force that could cut off our heads or grant us our deepest, deepest wish. And that's the sort of intensity that Jewish tradition invites us to come into prayer, I think. And, and I think there's, there's something very parallel with this idea of mifgash, of encounter. Can you imagine what those, that approach was? Perhaps Yehuda had a prepared speech that he'd thought deeply about, but the words, in a sense, are almost secondary to the way in which he approaches his brother, not knowing it's his brother. And literally, Joseph is, in that moment, someone who has the power of life over death. And that's why Judah is appealing to him, that he will spare Benjamin. I used to run... um, these workshops that I used to call standing before the king where we would use kind of actors exercises actors exercises to take those three steps someone will be sitting on a chair uh, acting as the king on a throne and then someone else would the instruction was you know you are, you're behind a door and you have you can prepare yourself physically and emotionally and spiritually and then you come through the door and you have three steps and one bow. And in those three steps and one bow, no words in this exercise, in those three steps and one bow, the, the king will decide whether your cause is worthy or, or not. And there was something very powerful to see how both, um, both children and adults kind of responded to that exercise. And I, I, that's how I see this moment with Yehuda, this moment of approach as he comes into that presence. And of course, in the actual situation, Joseph does know that he's his brother, and, Ju- and Judah doesn't know that Joseph is his brother. But then there's there's this powerful um, idea that the rabbis have that it's also about the words. It's also about the words, of course, that Judah speaks. The Midrash says, Devarim min halev nichnasim el halev. Words that come from the heart enter the heart. Words that come from the heart enter the heart. And so there's something also about the the heartfelt nature of Judah's speech that that touches Joseph so deeply. And of course, in the end, leads to him breaking. And that mask that he's been wearing all this time just cracks wide open. His heart cracks wide open. And he reveals himself as... Joseph, Ani Yosef, I am Joseph, Ani Yosef. And then immediately the next statement he makes is, uh, Odavichai, is my father still living? Because that's the 
real appeal, the heartstrings of Yehuda's speeches talking over and over again about their their father, without knowing that that's also uh, Joseph's father. So there's this profound moment of an encounter, of entering, and I, I'm feeling that this idea of mifgash, of encounter, can apply to situations where we enter into the presence of people, not just people who have power over us, as in this case, but anybody with whom we want to have a real encounter. There's a sense of like, how do we prepare? How do we walk into a room? Could be an exciting date. It could be a meeting in our, you know, school or uh, work situations. It could be a, a difficult situation within a family. How do we how do we enter into that space? How do we prepare ourselves to have those those moments? And I think there is a sense that sometimes we don't spend enough time. I know I don't spend enough time preparing for important meetings or important encounters and and perhaps the Torah is, is inviting us to consider what that what that is as we perhaps plan out our days and we know the kinds of things that might be confronting us in the course of a day that we take moments to think about how we might want to prepare for each of those I remember when I spent some time in a with some Zen Buddhists in Crestone Colorado in the Zen center there, the the way in which in Zen there's a bowing in and bowing out of every situation, um, and and one of the one of the uh, the Zen masters explained to me that you know when you are entering into a new situation you bow in to bring presence into that into that moment, and when that moment is over you bow out and prepare for the next moment. And there's something about that that I found very moving. And very powerful, because what, what do we what do we do? Sometimes we just life just happens to us, and we don't have that kind of conscious awareness of, of each moment. And it doesn't just apply to our relationships with with other people. Of course, it's also about how we confront the natural world. I'm actually recording this from the from the mountains, um, the the snow covered uh, Rocky Mountains, which are so beautiful, and it's like. When we see those those trees covered in snow or those incredible mountain tops like glistening with a blue sky and and that that blinding white of the snow, when we see that, how do we how do we <laughs> encounter those moments? That's also you know we can be so distracted, as I've said many times and as I've experienced every day, the 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 ability to be distracted by our devices or by our restless minds that constantly are creating stories about where we are and what we're doing but if we just allow those moments to move us what um, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel called radical amazement if we allow ourselves to be moved by those encounters that's also a mifgash, an encounter we encounter nature, we encounter each other whether we are in a position of power or whether we are subordinate to somebody else in power, we approach those moments. And of course, those of us who have spiritual lives, we also, we also encounter divinity, godliness, ultimacy, however you want to describe that experience. And, and I think that is 
and an important aspect of this particular moment that it's not just an encounter between two human beings it's an encounter between the possibility and it really is about to some extent imagination most of us don't I acknowledge that I don't have the sort of pure sense of faith in having a very concrete sense of of who and what God is in this world and how God influences me and uh, how how God's providence is over me and all of those complicated theological questions but as someone who is has a background in in theater and acting and has <laughs> recently Re- rediscovered it in some in some powerful ways with some wonderful um, theatre opportunities that I've had. I, I'm reimagining that idea. You know, Stanislavski, Konstantin Stanislavski, the the father of uh, of the Russian uh, theatre director, the father of method acting. He had a, a, the concept of the magic if. The magic if was a, a, a way in which he would work with actors to imagine, to imagine themselves changing their circumstances so that they were present within the new reality of the character that they were inhabiting. And I think that magic if is similar to the way in which the rabbis use the word ki'ilu, ki'ilu, ki'ilu ata omed, as if you are standing, as if you are standing, ki'ilu, as if. We know it's not really that. We're not really standing in front of a king of flesh and blood. But what would it be like if we used our imagination to get there so that it would change our emotional and uh, our spiritual and even our physical sense of presence? Because that's what Yehuda is doing. I mean, in, in his case, there is a, a, a physical embodiment of someone who has power over him, of course. But there's a there's a, a, a of course a metaphorical way of looking at that story too, Ki'ilu, as if. So Vayigash is the name of the parsha Vayigash, and he approached, and he came near, and he encountered. And so, just a gentle invitation, uh, as we in in go around go about our lives encountering other people, sometimes people who we feel afraid of or have conflict with as we encounter nature and as we perhaps encounter some divine force above ourselves may we approach each of those with a sense of presence and a sense of consciousness and a sense of preparedness Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush We'll see you next time.